I let the employees make those kind of small decisions and I let them make them even if they're wrong. And then I come back later. I don't yell at them. You know, I have actually never had an employee make a mistake and I'll tell you how this one turned out and you'll understand. I'll, I, so like for this one, I say, okay, we need to give her all her pizzas free. And she just looks at me and like, we're not, I'm giving her one pizza. That's all she's getting. I was like, oh, okay. Sounds good. I guess you got it handled. The lady gave her a hundred dollar tip. Wow. Because, you know, she was upset. She gave her the pizza, but she took care. But she also turned it on at the end and really went overboard and made sure the kid and uh, singing and dancing, and do all the things she needed to do. But that's the thing where you empower them with just the little things, you know, uh, you know, let them do the thing that's easy where they can get the credit for it. Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success. And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast. Hey, Josh, how are you? Hey, Matt, I'm doing well. How are you? I am fantastic. Good. I'm very glad to hear that. Yes, very good. Very good. I have a question for you. Okay. In all of your roles, when have you felt most empowered? Like you want to know specific jobs that I've had? Either jobs or working for specific leaders. Who did you feel like you could you could maybe take the the, the right actions on on behalf of the guests in the in well, most if we're talking about specific leaders, then I absolutely have to refer to past podcast guest Linda Rose. <laughs> you, you're nodding your head there. I'm sure there was there was a little surprise. Uh, but I, I actually do think back to that to that role. Uh, that I was in working in guest communications at Universal, uh, where I would say the entire team was very intentionally empowered to make whatever decision. And it was, I mean, it, it, it could be, it was empowered to offer and empowered to fulfill it mm. uh, really from the, the end to end, the amount of trust that, uh, that went to that team, that employees that I imagine is, is still in place today. And even as I got promoted and became a, a leader on that team, uh, I recall there being a number of times where, uh, where an employee would come up to me and say, I have a guest on the phone here that wants to speak with the supervisor, wants to speak with the manager. So it would start to ascend the, the levels of, of you know, the, the tiers of command, I guess you could say. And I would always try my best not to take the call and not to allow it to escalate because uh, the the guest made the assumption that the employee was not empowered and the employee is responding to the request from the guest. So we would say, okay, well, well, what is it? What's the issue? What do you recommend doing? Let's go ahead and do it. If you still don't feel like you can take care of it, feel free to pass it up. But if you pass it up, you're relinquishing control. And therefore, if I do something you disagree with, that's, you know, it's, it's out of your hands. And, and now it's, uh, and now it's what I felt would be best for the situation, but it benefits everyone. If, the if the circumstance doesn't escalate, it benefits the leader because you know they're they're not taking too much time putting out fires that their employees are able to do. It benefits the employee because they feel empowered, they feel fulfilled, and it benefits the guest as well because the guest is able to have a problem solved much more quickly. And 
with all that, it then benefits the business. So that is my very brief answer to your question. <laughs> but I will turn it back to you. Uh, when, what role did you feel most empowered in? <laughs> I probably felt most empowered when I was at Universal um, and I was the senior trainer of leadership development because in some ways I was left to my own devices um, in terms of how I built the training programs and um, certainly had accountability back to my leaders and, and um, you know, wanted to make sure that we were offering the things that the, the entire um, audience needed. Um, but I think because of my previous experience in leadership and, um, you know, my passion for the industry, I hope that counted for something that they kind of said, you know, this is yours, you take it and run with it. And I remember there were a number of different programs that I was uh, responsible for that I kept just changing over and over again. And when, when it got to the, you know, when I, when I left that role, that particular program, and it was for frontline leads just coming into the role, it looked completely different than when it did in the beginning. Like in the beginning, it was a two-day pro program, and it was it was four specific classes that they went through. At the end, it was like one long class with an in-park experience and all these different things. And my leaders kind of said, hey, as long as they're learning and they're getting the skills that they need, do it the way you think is best. And that is really something that has stuck with me. So it sounds like you also had a living and breathing playbook to guide the way that you ran this department in your circle of influence as well. I would say so, but according to our guest, I made the mistake of keeping the playbook up in my head. Ah, <laughs> Today's guest. What a great segue. Scott Drummond will tell us more about his playbook and how he uses that to run his business, Party Center Software. That's right. Scott's the uh, president of Party Center Software, been in business for 23 years. Uh, cool thing about this interview, though, is you know we we talk about really actually kind of the, the topics that we just covered. We talk about employee empowerment, building a playbook, the importance of protecting your employees. Uh, so this is very much, I would say, an, an operational conversation that we have where we cover leadership, guest experience, employee experience, and, and all the above. And I, I think all three of us were, were pretty fired up throughout this. Uh, you can't even call it an interview, really. It was, it was just, a, uh, just a great dynamic conversation that I'm excited that we can share with all of you. Absolutely. And, you know, it's great that um, going through this, he shared so many of the things that he did as a leader. And quite frankly, I learned a couple things that I wish I had done back in the day when I was a leader, especially, you know, interacting with some guests. So uh, I'm not going to give him away. I won't steal his thunder. I want him to, to have that. So what do you say we get to this interview with Scott? Let's do it. Hey, Scott, welcome to the Attraction Pros podcast. We're really excited to have you here today. How are you? I'm doing great. Excellent. Glad to be here. We're so glad to have you here. So Scott, can you give us a, a quick uh, background and intro and bio on who Scott is? That's a good, good question. That's complicated, but uh, we'll distill it down a little bit. Um, so, you know, I started out um, in the digital and traditional marketing world uh, 23 years ago uh, with my own company. And so that was kind of the precipice of the beginning of Google and all these things. So, uh, you know, we didn't even really have, we didn't have phones that could get internet back then, but we had internet and on the computer and, uh, you know, and so I did many years of digital and traditional marketing and helping businesses kind of grow and reach. And then uh, I kind of bought into a, a small little family entertainment center. It's really more of a children's entertainment center, a bouncy houses and soft play and stuff like that. Um, it was a good friend of mine. Um, he had bought it for his third or fourth ex-wife can't remember which and she didn't want it and so 
I just said, hey, I'll take it. Uh, and so I kind of stumbled into it, looked like a cool business. Uh, and then uh, one day, uh, one of my employees called in sick and said, hey, I, I can't, I can't make it into the party Sunday. I'm like, okay. And she's probably hung over or something else, right? Because she's sick. And I'm like, well, I didn't know what time the party was because back then, this is 17 years ago, right? Or actually probably 18, 19 years ago. Uh, we had all of our stuff written on a piece of paper on a calendar on the front desk in binders. So I, I had to drive all the way down early in the morning to find out when the first party was, what's going on. And, uh, and I was just really frustrated. And so I said, you know what? There's got to be a way. I have, at that time, I had a blackjack, I think it was called, and I could kind of get internet on my phone. I was like, I should be able to get something on here, like see what's going on. And so, you know, at the, when that kind of kicked me down the lane of trying to find a software and the closest thing I could find was like, like 50 or $60,000. And, you know, in my mind, I'm, like, I'm just trying to make 50 grand. I don't want to spend it. Right. And I was like, yeah. So that's when I decided I'm just going to build an application. Party center software kind of came out of that and we built it and, you know, 17 it's been officially available for the public was in our own private beta for like a year and a half or so. It's been officially in the public for 17 years. And so now we're worldwide and, um, you know, providing online booking point of sale, all that kind of stuff for the industry, you know, family entertainment industry. Scott, have you always been an entrepreneur or did that gene just sort of kind of come out when you had this problem, that frustration? Um, it's kind of interesting. I, I would say I probably was an entrepreneur and I didn't know it. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, we lived out in the country. And so there's a bunch of well-off people that lived around us. And so I would, you know, we'd eat their acreage because we had, you know, fire control or I'd cut firewood and sell it to them. And, you know, I'd always make my own money. And then as I was getting towards the end of high school, I was like, oh, I guess I better get a job. And I got a job and I got my first paycheck and there's huge taxes taken out of it. And it was like pennies. I was like, I could make this in one, you know, in a day, what they could pay me in two weeks. And so I, then I realized, Oh, I, I guess I could just own my own business. I didn't even know you could, I knew you could do it, but I never thought about it. I never thought that I could do that. I just was, I was just trying to make money. And so, yeah, I think it kind of just spurned out of it. Just problem solving. You know, entrepreneurship is just uh, problem solving continually every minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, totally, totally agree. And, you know, such an interesting story because kind of like Matt said, this was, you know, it was born out of frustration and, you know, they say what necessity is the mother of invention. And, yep. uh, you know, there are many businesses that started out by somebody being frustrated and saying exactly what you said. There's, you know, there's got to be a better way. Uh, and I feel like the, the easy part is recognizing what the problem is, but then the difficult part is then bridging the gap. And then now you actually have you've created the solution because it didn't exist. What are some of those steps kind of between that of saying, okay, you're, you're owning and you're operating an FEC. And then now you've built, now you've kind of, kind of pivoted really sort of a, a 180 from, you know, location-based, you know, operations to now, you know, a, a technology that then supports that and being uh, kind of a tech entrepreneur for that, from that standpoint. So what are, what were some of the, uh, the steps in between recognizing the problem as the operator and then creating the solution as the provider? Yeah. So that, that, that is exactly fundamentally what happened. So the first problem was 
you know, when are my parties? What's happening? What's going on? Why can we not book them online? Which wasn't really a thing back 18, 19 years ago. I mean, it kind of was maybe. We kind of had, people always just assumed Google and everything was around, but, you know, it wasn't necessarily around, you know, doing like in the way that we know it and, and Shopify and all these other things didn't exist, right? They're online purchasing. It was kind of like maybe, you know, it was a very iffy thing. So we were right at the, the front end of that. So we would create, you know, we've tried to create this software to try to do these things and do a point of sale and, and kind of just take care of my problem. And then, uh, you know, the very first sale I ever sold, because eventually I spent so much money building this thing, I may have had a false start or two building it out because I didn't know what am I? I'm just a guy that knows how to like create pretty flyers and ask people to come into the business. Like I don't know software. I don't know anything. I'm, I'm technically uh, kind of a nerd and I know computers, but not software. And so, you know, I might have had a false start or two fumbling through, oh, that didn't work. Let me redo the whole thing. And, and we got to the point where, um, you know, we got like one of the interesting key features and it's an example of uh, something that got built in was there's a, a checklist component in our software, which is one of the key things that people use. They don't ever ask for it and never ask for it. But once they realize it's there, it's one of the key features. So like this actually happened. An employee took a phone call late at night. It's like seven o'clock at night. Mom wants, you know, she originally had one pizza on order. She had like 35 people, 40 people come. I want one pizza. She says, oh, I want four pizzas. Well, the employee made the modification, but we didn't actually do pizzas in-house. At that time, there was a pizza place that was two doors down, and we weren't allowed to sell pizza based on our lease agreement. Uh, and so we had to buy from them. And they gave us a great price, so it all worked out fine. But um, the employee never – they updated our, our system, right? But they didn't tell the pizza place, and nobody knew. And so one pizza shows up. The mom's like, that's great. What's everyone else going to eat? And she's freaking out. So we're scrambling to find it. And based that night, I said, this will never happen again. And within a few weeks, we had a checklist where if you modify something that's critical like that, it throws all kinds of errors and the system's yelling at you. And so you'd walk in and go, what, what happened? You can see, oh, we never told the, whether it's an in-house, you know, in-house cafe or, or pizza or whether outside, it would tell them you never notified them. And so, you know, since then, you know, we never had a problem because all those last minute slip ins, oh, sure. And you update it and then you walk away and you totally forget you did it. Uh, also, we could tell exactly who did it, when they did it, how they did it. So when Billy says, I didn't do it. Yeah, Billy, last night at seven o'clock, you did. We saw it right there. So just a lot of those, just every one of those little things that just, you know, eats at you. And it's not that big of a deal for the mom to get her pizza. I mean, for us, it's not that big to get it 10 minutes late or 15 minutes late, but it's the end of her life. Like the whole thing is just terrible. And, and I remember laughing because they only ate like a half a pizza extra. We got them four. They only ate one and a half pizzas. They still had two and a half pizzas left and the mom was so upset you know we had to give her the pizzas for free and it was just like oh you know and we could have been solved with a simple check to make sure that the pizzas were ordered from the pizza company and that's so those are those little things and they just build and eventually the software just got so big that i just couldn't i couldn't run the business anymore uh you know and so we kind of um sold that off and just went full time with the with the software uh, and it just just took off Scott, that's a great story of just kind of how you learn along the way, right? And I'd love to hear if there's some other um, lessons that you took away from that process that even you still use now um, in running your business uh, that you, you learned along the way in building the software. Well, here's a funny one. I, I, uh, I got taught this um, by myself, which is a funny way to say it. 
so I bought this was back when Trainertainment was just coming. I think we probably went to the first IAPA together or something a zillion years ago. And Best Dance Trainertainment him and had the this binder. In fact, I still have it on my desk somewhere. It's a binder or a little thing full of DVDs and CDs and all this stuff. And I'm telling everybody, this is the great way to do parties. And this is so I'm just rah, rah, rah. You got to do it this way. And I'm basically uh, let's say barking at them. Tell these are high school, college kids. I got some younger moms that work for me a little bit here or there. But you know, I'm just kind of we got to do this. We got to do this. I'm all excited. And like weeks go by, no one's doing what I'm telling them. No, I'm trying to figure out a way to make them do it. I'm just desperately, and they just refuse, right? And I don't, they don't refuse because they're being mean. They just they have other things to do, and I'm not there all the time. And so finally, I just was so frustrated. I said, forget it. And I just threw the book at them and I said, you guys tell me if this is even worth doing. Like, I, you know, here's all the stuff. You go have a pizza party at somebody's house, watch the DVDs and you let me know and we'll come back in a week or two and you tell me what's good or bad about this. And unbeknownst to me, that was a genius idea because they all took it as they're the experts, you know, and we're going to tell him what does and doesn't work. Well, they're watching all her training, her videos, and like, oh, this is perfect. We're going to do this. And said, you tell me how you guys want to run it. And they gave me a full presentation on this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. And it was literally verbatim what was on the DVD. <laughs> so I was like, wait, this is what I told you to do you know, a month ago. And, uh, and I said, well, great. Then you guys better manage it yourselves. And boy, they were on top of each other. If somebody didn't present something the right way or didn't set the table up or didn't talk to the mom and give her the feedback the way she needed it the other employees were on them about it you know little stuff like that or you know so that's one of the ways one one other trick i did and you know i don't know if this is super kosher but i put a big giant calendar in the office where everybody checks in and does everything and the manager would grade their cleaning so we'd write their names whoever closed the night before and we'd grade them a through f and if you got enough A's or above for the week, you got a five dollar service card. Now five bucks is a lot twenty years ago or fifteen years ago. Maybe it has to be ten now. But the point was that the Starbucks card didn't mean anything. It was the fact that they had a letter grade with their name attached to it that everyone else could see because they knew if they got a C and then they write bathroom trash, you know, pee on the floor. It's like all of a sudden they're getting shamed into performing and our our performance on cleaning went through the roof. Everybody was on top of it because they realized, oh, I can't just take the trash out and call it good because I'm going to get called out on it. So there was just little tricks like that. So, and that, that kind of leads into one of the resources that we created was a playbook um, internally to, well, we do one here, we, we do one. And we actually have a guide um, on Party Center Software. You can look it up. There's uh, like how to make your own playbook. And it's, everything you'd think it would be right to how to run your business, how each employee does every little thing and why they do it. And anytime there's a problem, well, what do I do if X what's in the playbooks and the employee can just look it up. So as they start to decide to do things their own way, you can kind of guide them back and say, no, this is how the playbook says we're supposed to do it and why we're supposed to do it that way, you know, and as new things pop up. So, you know, that's definitely a resource that people should look into kind of picking up from our website. It's a huge tool that we use internally to, mitigate any of those problems and that was the that back then was the start of our playbook where they had sheets of paper and, and processes and binders of how to do things and when to do them yeah uh, the example you gave there of the the cleaning procedures it's it's really interesting because it's it's a little bit carrot a little bit stick there's the you know the starbucks gift card that's the yeah. reward for doing a good job but if you're if you're not performing well 
everybody knows. So you want, you know, you've got two reasons why you should give it your all when you're cleaning those restrooms and, you know, and, and focusing on the sanitation. Uh, you mentioned the, uh, the playbook right there. Would love to talk about that because in addition to the software, you also put out a lot of great relevant content that the industry is able to use to be able to benefit their business. Uh, so first, can we actually talk about why a playbook is so important? I know you touched on it a little bit, but we'll have, would love to expand on uh, why it needs to be so critical to running your business. Yeah, I mean, you, everybody has one, but most people just put it in their head and they try to sprinkle it out to their staff as best they can through training a little bit. And so everybody has a process they go through and the things they want to do and accomplish, whether it be as simple as when somebody walks in the door, how do you greet them? Do you look them right in the eye? Welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. We'll be right with you, acknowledging their existence when they walk in. Or, you know, how do you greet a party? You, you, you know, hold the banner with the kid's name and their age and you smile and, hey, how you doing? And you greet them and you, you know, you ask them whatever. So these processes already occur. You already know you do them. The difference is what well, we all know, employment is churning constantly so we always have a new person in we're always hiring we're always training and so the playbook just it, it allows you to rest on the playbook so i mean even me supposedly that you know i run the company and i know all these little things half the time well I, i've been called out several times where i'll say what are we doing about x and you know my marketing manager will be like did you read the playbook <laughs> all right i'll go read the playbook right so i look it up it's all right there it's written out in detail everything you get everyone know why we do it what's the point and it does all aspects of the business whether it be the the cleaning the cooking staff the party host the front the, the phone etiquette how do you answer how do you respond how do you talk how do you walk through uh you know which i'm sure is stuff you guys you know touch on when you're consulting with places when somebody says how much is a birthday party you never say 14.99 a kid you never say that what do you say? Oh, that's great. So how, who is this birthday for? What's their name? Oh, they're turning nine. Nine, that's a great age for this place. They're going to love it. Does he love laser tag? Does he love go-karts? We've got this, all these awesome packages. So what kind of experience do you want? Right? Nowhere did I mention dollars, right? And so that's that playbook helps you kind of take, hopefully, you know, I would recommend, you know, if you uh, you know, reach out to an, an expert, you know, uh, you guys are, there's a lot of them that are out there that have, you know, valuable assets to provide to FBCs and can help kind of fine tune that process and fine tune that playbook, but find somebody as an expert and have them help you walk through that process, you know, and then, you know, all the, the playbook will just list out every little thing you need to do um, and how you need to do it. And then when something new pops up, Hey, that's not in the playbook. Guess what we're putting in group. You just type it up put it in there. And eventually we like to sprinkle in a combo of text and videos where we'll have either examples of things. We'll do videos or, or we'll do an audio recording or something and show our employees how to do it or why we're doing it. And just to help with the consumption and retention for the employees. And your resource is really about teaching people how to put together their own playbook, right? Because it's your, yours wouldn't necessarily be the same as everybody else's. Oh yeah. The, so the, 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 the materials that we provide, you know, so one of the, just to, you kind of mentioned it, but one of the things we worked on um, and have really focused on is providing resources to the FEC community, not 
not just customers. If you want to, you want to be a customer, that's awesome. But you don't have to be a customer to get access to any of our. I mean, we have arcade revenue prediction, how to market your business, details on that, and then how to build a playbook, right? So we're not going to give you our playbook because it means nothing, right? You have a very specific process and business. I mean, even even a direct competitor of ours would use a completely different playbook, right? It wouldn't they wouldn't use our playbook because it wouldn't make sense for their product or service. So yeah, our resources just how to build your own. It goes step by step and shows examples and, and walks you through what you need to do to build your playbook so yeah scott what's the difference then between a playbook and an sop or a standard operating procedure and an instruction manual it sounds like there'd be a lot of parallels but you kind of build the case that this is a little bit different from that if i understand correctly sop i would say an sop is maybe more formal uh and more um i don't know i mean most of the sops get real heady a lot of you know they just use language and, and information that if you would have to know already what to do, right? And SOP maybe maybe a more because we got high school and college kids that know zero about anything coming in. When you start talking about you know whatever terms you're using, they're like I don't even know what that means, right? So I would say maybe a playbook is a little more of a step by step procedure uh, and kind of a, here's an example and here you know kind of it, it maybe just more of like a, you know, uh, this is how you do it rather than this is what you do uh, kind of process. So I, you know, there, you know, probably, probably different terms for relatively the same thing. I just think SOPs have been around for a long time and, you know, I, I've never really seen one that I like to read that, that <laughs> helped, but, but, you know, you know, most of them again, were very technical or very specific to the function of that job, which, which the playbook is also very technical and very, very specific to the job, but it's specific to the problems. Like this problem will occur. This is how we respond. Customer is a frustration of X. This is how we respond. And this is how we expect you to respond. And then if you don't respond this way, we're going to then train you and show you why we respond this way and why we do it this way. Yeah. Oh. And I, I think even though you can draw p parallels, just the, the name playbook, I think is something that most people would want to go read or go look it up as a resource rather than go get the SOP, you know, go get your operating procedures. Um, just, just, that just seems like something that you would want to um, research a little bit more and, and go, go find uh, that information. So. Yeah. Um, and SOPs are kind of stuck in stone, right? Whereas a playbook is very intentionally designed to let your staff actually influence and create. So if an employee comes and says, Oh, I had X problems, like, congratulations, you just got yourself some homework, go put it in the playbook. Right. And tell us what you do. And then it gets approved by the managers and all that. But the employees are, are so dialed in that 99% of the time it's like, Oh yeah, well let's just reference them back to this other thing that we do in case this happens. But yeah, you did it right. That that sounds great. Mm -hmm. So, hmm. um, would love to know then actually uh, being able to involve and engage your employees who, uh, whether it's their first time job or whether they've come from other jobs, uh, they probably aren't used to being having. They're they're not used to having that much influence over the operating procedures or the playbook. I, so what are some of the best ways to be able to, uh, I would say, empower employees to maybe bring up those types of suggestions in a way that doesn't come across as saying, I disagree with the playbook, it needs to be changed because ideally it needs to be kind of the, the anchor document that you use to run your business, but also balancing that with recognizing that this is a living, breathing document and does need to be changed and updated over time. 
Yeah, we allow dissent. I mean, we we encourage it. Um, uh, you know, I think that comes from the top down where um, I actually invite it. So when I have like one on ones, I say, what what are some like, what do you not like? And if they say something, so that's interesting. Let's talk more about it. You know, for a newer employee, maybe that doesn't have as much expertise, that gives us an opportunity to teach them why we do it this way. Right. And and quite honestly, some of it, too, and I've been called out by several employees and managers, especially over the last couple, three, four years, like, you keep saying that you tried that. When did you try that? Somebody actually asked, when did you try it? It was like 15 years ago. It's like, yeah, the iPhone didn't exist, buddy. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, you know what? I should not be that rigid. And I literally, right on the call, I'm like, or the, you know, the meeting, I was like, yeah, let's let's talk through it let's think through it and let's let's do it but let's be conscientious of how we failed previously and why that didn't work and then let's move forward in this new era so you know and things move faster now it's not like you can wait 10 or 15 years i think two or three years you can retry things so empowering them allowing them to be empowered on little things you know um and then and be responsible so we have a lot of our employees where we find what they're like one of our guys is really loves writing right? He's a technical guy and does support, but he really loves writing. He's good at writing. So like, hey, let's just have him write some stuff. And so now he's just blowing up, writing all kinds of stuff and really providing tremendous value for us. And it's something that he likes to do that he's good at. And, you know, it empowers them. And then they see this lower level guy, like empowered to do things and like, well, I guess I can put some input in here too. Uh, and so they, you know, we, and some of it too, is you have to be willing to give them a little bit of rope and let them fail. There's been times where I knew this is not going to work, guys. You're not going to get any business coming in. You're not going to, it's not going to improve, but I don't vocalize that. I said, okay, I'll give you two weeks. I'll give you a little bit of money. You go ahead and give it a try, mm-hmm. you know, and they give it a try and it fails. Maybe we'll learn something. Maybe we don't, but it empowered them. Like it was the best 500 bucks I ever spent because this employee felt like he had value and could put input. And then the next ideas were really good because he started to, ask for more but not not be so i think we can do this okay well, you did you do this before so there's a little give and take so sometimes you have to invest in failure maybe or invest in you know educational experiences for some of them uh, but it's hard because right some of these people are turning in and out in six months or a year most of my employees i you know at the fec i kept until they went off to college and then if they stayed local i kept them and i get them back in the summers just because it was a fun place to work there was accountability which i they actually liked surprisingly they like the accountability i had one gal um uh she runs up to me this girl put an app and put her friend's name on it's her best friend and that best friend leaves and then the girl that worked for me runs up and says oh so i saw my friend you know put an application it's like oh yeah you want me to hire and he goes never do never hire her ever i was like whoa really she's like nope i do not want to do her job for i love her but she will not she cannot keep up with the pace here i was like noted all right. I will not tell her that, but, you know, but and that's the kind of thing she knew the, what, what was required. And she just said, I, I don't want to do her job. So she, you know, she can just, you know, just tell her we don't have a position. All right. So. Scott, Scott, you're talking a lot about empowerment, which I love, which is something that I think that um, more people need to do right. And it sounds like you are doing it right in terms of giving people some rope, giving people the opportunities, letting them learn. Um, but what I find sometimes is that people will give lip service to empowerment and they'll say, we want to empower our employees, but they don't train them. Or if they do something slightly wrong, they get in trouble for it. They get disciplined. So what's some of your, I guess, thoughts or advice on empowerment that might help some of the people that um, might be listening that are, are a little scared to do it? 
Yeah, you're a thousand percent correct. 99% of the time I hear somebody, we're empowering. And you can ask one or two questions. Like, you don't empower them to do anything. You just tell them you empower them. Uh, you know, it's like telling your kids you trust them, but you monitor every little thing they do. You never let them go anywhere. It's like, well, do you trust them or do you not trust them? The world the world's can be a bad place, but you got to let them kind of get out and wander around a little bit. Um, but yeah, so some of the little things we used to do, we used to let, once they got to a certain place and we could trust them, which, you know, like, here's an example. So I had a girl who was, was she 16, I think. And I walk in, I'm in shorts and a t-shirt coming in. You know, I wasn't supposed to come out. I was just walking in and this mom's just chewing this girl's head off. And I don't take kindly to people yelling at my staff. So I just like come in like hot and heavy. And she just looks at me, points at me and says, sir, I'll be with you in a minute. And she just points to the chair. That's a 16 and a half year old girl. And I'm just like, Okay, so I just sit down and I pull a magazine. I'm just listening to this lady just chewing her ear off. We missed some pizza or something or it's cold. I don't know, something dumb, right? It's just a mom screaming, yelling. And um, so the mom leaves and I walk up and what is that? Oh, something with pizza. I don't know, something she's, and I was like, okay, well, I guess we need to comp for all the pizzas. But, but they're allowed to make that decision. So that's kind of what I was getting to is I let the employees make those kind of small decisions and I let them make them even if they're wrong. And then I come back later. I don't yell at them. You know, I have actually never had an employee make a mistake. And I'll tell you how this one turned out. And you'll understand. I'll, I, so like for this one, I said, okay, we need to give her all our pizzas free. And she just looks at me like, we're not. I'm giving her one pizza. That's all she's getting. I was like, oh, okay. Sounds good. I guess you got it handled. The lady gave her a hundred dollar tip. Wow. Because, you know, she was upset. She gave her the pizza, but she took care. But she also turned it on at the end and really went overboard and made sure the kid and uh, singing and dancing, do all the things she needed to do. But that's the thing where you empower them with just the little things, you know, uh, you know, let them do the thing that's easy where they can get the credit for it. You know, I know that, you know, I know at McDonald's a zillion times I have a friend who tried to give fries because the fries were cold and they give back to the manager says, you can't give away fries. I didn't think they had cold fries. I gave them the, you, you would have done. He said, yeah, but only a manager can do it. I was like, but why only, I mean, it's cold fries. He wants new fries. Give him fries. Like, what are we, why are we, why are we fiddling with the manager with this? So those little things I think you can do is empower them to do this or empower them to give little nuggets or give little extras or whatever it is. And I, again, I've empowered it. I've never had a correct employee. They've always done it. So, sometimes I've encouraged them, hey, maybe do a little bit more next time. You know, that might not have been enough. Maybe it was. But you, you, you're in it. You're in it deep with that customer. You're in contact. You know what it is. So you go ahead and make that decision. But, you know, you know maybe one piece wasn't enough for this because, think, you know, maybe it was your decision, right? But it's always been the other way. I've never had to tell them, why did you give away $30 in pizza? Never. Because once I, I, I always ask, and then they go into the store and go, oh, yeah, we really screwed up. Yeah, that was a good call. <laughs> we should definitely give them the pizzas for free. So, yeah. I would love to dive even deeper into this and maybe the, the nuts and bolts of maybe what led to uh, that girl who was able to, to comp one pizza and still get that $100 tip. Uh, one of the things that uh, that I have found when it comes to employee empowerment, particularly as it results to maybe a negative guest situation, is sometimes passion and pride get in the way of service recovery. So I totally thought that that story was going to end completely differently. I thought you said that, that this girl was, was amped up and was ready to protect the business over the guest experience and the exact opposite happened for all the right reasons. So being able to empower your employees to have the bandwidth to avoid the phrase, let me get my manager, 
the McDonald's example that you gave right there, if you can't give away fries when they're obviously cold and we know French fries at McDonald's are not a, not a high cost item for the business and should easily be able to be a decision that a frontline employee should be able to make. Uh, but so what are some of the ways that uh, managers or, or leaders can help their team members become empowered so that the phrase, let me get my manager or let me ask my manager uh, disappears? Yeah, well, it's never going to disappear, but it's funny you mentioned that. I forgot that that is my technique because I do it every time. I love when people want to talk to the manager. Even now, people all the time call me, why don't you talk to Scott? I need to talk to the owner. I need to talk to whoever. It's like, no problem, right? So uh, it only happens once because I'll walk in and I'll look at the frontline employees. Like, what do you need? And I said, well, this is happening. And the person will just kind of go off on me. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'll just look at the employees like, well, what can we do for them? And I just almost played dumb. Like, well, okay, 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 Kara, what, what, can, what can you do? And Kara will say the same thing she just said. Well, you know, I was, I'm going to give them, and she doesn't say I, we should. She says, I'm going to give them, you know, a, a $50 gift shipping, give them whatever. It's like, oh, is that, that sounds pretty good. Does that sound okay? That sounds like that's a good plan. Is that okay? And I just kind of played dumb and the ladies looked at me, well, why are you even here? I was like, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I've literally, I've had probably 10 or 20 people over the years. I mean, well, why did you even get on the call? Like, I don't know. She can handle hundred percent of everything. Right. And it's the same way in our business. Now, when we have to do refunds or issues or anything, anytime it gets trickled up to me, it's like, why? I just play dumb. I don't, okay. Eileen, what do you, can you handle it? What's going on? And, and it's funny because they immediately go, well, Eileen, can you take care of this? And I'm like, yeah, I guess she can. All right. And I'll just say like, I don't even know how to do it. I do, you know, or, but, or sometimes I don't like know how to go into whatever system. Cause I don't go in there. It's like, I don't know how to press those buttons. You, you know, Eileen's going to expert. She'll get it done for you. So that's, I think that part of the empowerment, anytime there's a get my manager, the manager, you need to obviously address the customer, make them feel heard. And there's times where if there's a serious issue, I would take over, but generally speaking, I never take it over. I come alongside because it's a great learning experience. That person, like the employee's been through that, whatever it is, Unless they hadn't, right? If they just came in and launched into some random employee who doesn't know anything and they're just sitting there, okay, you're not going to be able to do anything because you weren't part of the situation. You don't understand. You're just getting the brunt of it. I'll just take it. But sometimes I'll go find the employee that was. I'll usually go find them and prep them ahead of time. Mom's upset, this, this, and this. We're just going to play it easy, play it nice. You're going to be in charge, talk through it. Don't, you know, don't blame her for anything. Don't say anything. Just acknowledge what's happening, you know, and say, yeah, you know, we could have done better than that. You're right. We, we did make some mistakes. And nine times out of 10, once you kind of backpedal on that, the mom will go away. Think about it. She's like, well, actually, my kid was biting and hitting kids and being a jerk. And maybe I shouldn't have well, I overreacted because the girl came and grabbed him by his arm and pulled him off of the girl he was biting. Was like, well, you know. So little stuff like that. Sounds very specific. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. That was a very specific one. That, that customer got asked never to come back. And there are times, probably five or six times, I basically told them, you're, you're going to get a no trespass. You can never come back here again. You will be arrested if you come back because you're just crazy. You're a horrible parent. You're a horrible person. And there's nothing I can do about that. And you're not going to ruin it for the other hundred people in here. So I don't say that to their face. It's all in my head, but I tell them never to come back. So. That's not in the playbook, that script? No, that script is not in the playbook. That is a, a management-only script, and that's played in your head over and over. You smile and say, please don't ever come back. 
Well, I think it's interesting, Scott, because, you know, Josh and I talk a lot about, um, you know, guest recovery, and I, I tend to focus on the, the proactive side. And, you know, Josh talks a lot about, you know, once it's, it's in process, what, what are the great tips that you can use? Um, but one of the things you just demonstrated there is how important it is to build the confidence in your team, but also to, to kind of care for them, right, to protect them in some way. So by trespassing a guest, you're in many ways, you're protecting the team member from ever having to deal with them again. Um, so there's got to be a balance, though, of the people that you trespass versus, hey, I think I might be losing money. So how do you kind of reconcile that? I know there's people out there that would say, well, anybody can come in, the guest is always right, that kind of thing. But, you know, what you just said there has a little bit of a different philosophy. Well, the trespass part, it, 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 there's a certain level of abuse that you always take in customer facing positions and we all know it we all have horror stories you know all of us keep threatening to write a book about these stories because they're super hilarious some of them what once you're through the drama of it and the trauma of it they're pretty fun to reread re or kind of commiserate with but um you know again the no trespass you know people that get kicked out these aren't one-time offenders these are multi-time offenders who we've worked with and tried and 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 had managers ride and just really did our best um you know, occasionally maybe somebody may be a little bit too drunk or too whatever, and they're just abusive, and that's how they live their life. And guess what? You're not going to be abusive with my employees, mm -hmm. and I come down like a hammer on them. And the employees know, okay, he's going to pre – he's not going to let somebody just run over me. And I, I – you, you can take your $100 and, and run with it. I could care less, right? Um, and that – you know, because this employee – like just, just talk dollars, this employee is way more expensive to replace than you to never come back. It's just on a dollar amount, but the dollar amount, the employee replacement, I have a good employee that, that functions well as a good team member, fits all the criteria I want. That's 50 times more expensive, and you may never get that person back. You're going to get a, a lower tier. So, so there's, you know, you know, generally speaking, the employees know, uh, usually myself or a manager would step in if there's, you know, kind of a physical or, or not physical, but like verbal abuse. And it's funny, you know, you have a little tiny, you know, 17 year old girl and they try to just, you know, a big mom or dad tries to pull them over. Well, I'm not a little guy. And so I come in and, you know, what's going, you know, how can I help you? Yeah. Oh, all of a sudden the tone comes down 10 notches and it's like, okay, now that we're in the realm of reality, let's go ahead and communicate back with this person who's in charge. I'm just here to make sure that you're cordial. They're going to now take back over and, and kind of re-engage. And so I intentionally pulled them back in, the employee back into the conversation and talk through whatever the issue was. And, you know, normally it's the stupid. Most of them are dumb. You know, this, that, the other, you know, my kid got pushed or pulled or whatever. It's like, hey, these are kids, right? Life, life sucks. You know, sometimes you got to learn. So, um yeah, it's just, you know, kind of really, uh, you know, getting behind, you know, the employee and knowing that they're loved and protected. And then they, they also have the ability to um, – they have the authority, right? Again, when I play dumb, my authority as the owner or the manager is then placed on them, and they act as if they're my representative while I'm standing there, which gives them ultra authority. So that – and we've had many – 
people come back later and, you know, I'll be in the office and I'll hear them saying something and, you know, they'll start to go, I want the manager. And I go, well, never mind. You'll use, you, you handle, you can just handle it. Okay. That's what we'll do. So yeah, that's, you know, once a guest that again, that's part of the playbook too. There's different severities of what goes on. You know, you get broken legs or arms or different things. Okay. Now you got to get involved. Let's get going. Let's do our process and procedure again there. You need to have a playbook for that. How do we go? Who do we contact? What do we not say? We do not communicate. We do, we, you know, we, 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 we don't say we're sorry. We broke your kid's leg, right? We're sorry this happened to you. Um, usually that'll roll to a manager. You show empathy, you know, uh, you know, in today's society, you're all going to get sued. So it's just, it is what it is, but you, you try to minimize that impact. Yeah. I, so many great uh, takeaways from that. Uh, one of them in particular uh, that, that I gained from everything you just said there is that the, the lifetime value of your employee is substantially higher than the lifetime value of the guest. And that, that by incorporating that into the playbook, that then guides a lot of decisions that, that might come up with a guest being unruly, but their wallet is full and ready to spend and making that tough decision as far as who you're going to side with and, and where the where the business benefit actually comes in with that. So I really appreciate uh, you sharing that and then everything from the employee empowerment and the recovery component of it and, and expressing empathy in that, you know, of course, if if someone if someone breaks their leg, the apology is I'm sorry you you know, weren't able to enjoy this as expected or something along those lines versus sorry, you know, we broke your leg or something like that. Um, as we start to kind of wind this down here, because we're starting to run a little low on time, I, if you look back over the last 23 years that you know, you've, you've been running your business here, uh, if you could give advice to yourself uh, back then, uh, 23 years ago, what would you tell yourself? Whew, a lot of stuff. Buy Bitcoin would be one. Or Google or Apple or whatever. Um, no, I mean, I think it would be uh, probably relating to the playbook and then uh, really, yeah, I mean, it's hard to give yourself advice, to be honest, because you advice doesn't do anything. You have a scar you remember the scar, you remember the process, you remember the victory over that scar, right? So giving advice, that, that's why as great as advice is to young entrepreneurs, which we, you know, we do a lot of, you know, mentoring for young entrepreneurs or, or even nonprofits and you tell them things and I'm looking and going, you should do this. Why are you doing this? And I kind of get frustrated or, you know, internal. I don't say it to them, but, in, in, but then you'll watch them a year or two later. They make the mistake you told them not to make. They get burned. They lose $10,000. Now all of a sudden they remember and they're never going to make that mistake again. So giving yourself advice, I mean, it would, it would be to double down on um, other people's experiences and then also uh, to, you know, to, be more uh, more generous with um, letting the employees wander, letting them, like one of our philosophies uh, here at Party Center is kind of, and it's an internal rule for me, it's not necessarily super pushed, but I want everyone to have 10% free time and not really free time because they're going to be full doing stuff, but I want 10% of their time to be them deciding what they can do to better improve the business. That doesn't mean they sit there and do nothing. It means that they're not dictated what to do. 
right? Because everything else in our life, we're dictated. We got to do this on Tuesday. Got to do this. Da, 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 da. You know, we got to open. So finding some time and, and maybe encourage, you know, some of these FEC owners, find 10% of their time where they get to choose. Okay, for this hour, this two hours, you get to choose what you do for the business. Whether you stand on the street with a sign, whether you sweep something, whether you post on social media, some pictures or something, you tell me what you want to do and let's do it, right? And I think if you gave kids an hour, uh, you know, a, a week and said, you have to choose what you want to do, whatever, just whatever you want to do. And the sky's the limit. You want to go out and hand out coupons somewhere else? Okay, I mean, make sure it's within your insurance policy and all that, but <laughs> besides that, but, you know, give them some freedom and you'll be surprised, especially when it comes to social media and all these things, you, you, you may find some rock stars in there that just blow up because that's their game, that's their niche, and then you allow them to run with it. So, you know, maybe that would probably be my, my biggest, you know, uh, advice to myself. Yeah, I love that. Well, it sounds like you've already taken that advice right? And how much you are empowering your team. So that's fantastic. Um, Scott, thank you so much for spending the time uh, with, with us here today. If somebody wanted to learn more about you or Party Center Software, where would you send them? Well, definitely want to get them to our website, Party Center Software. And, and one of the big things that we want to encourage them is that, so we have the Party Center Academy, a PCS Academy, and it's, it's actually uh, launching or by the time this comes out, it'll be launched. Um, it's a learning academy. Uh, you know, it's free to anyone to join. Um, we do offer premium content that's not available to them, to the public if, if you're a member. But again, it's free. You can sign up uh, all kinds of short video lessons and everything to market and grow your business. Uh, so this is really to improve the industry. So we really would encourage people to come join the, the PCS Academy. Um, you know, we kind of have two different levels in there. One's for the Business Growth Academy, which can kind of grow your business. Uh, and that's for any FEC. And then we have kind of a subset that's like a training academy. And that's really for our customers because it trains them how to run their business with our software. Um, but a bulk of our stuff really is externally focused on helping the industry and raising them up. I mean, we, we have everything under the sun, how to use social media, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, you know, per, you know, all, you know, increasing your revenue through different ways. There's a thousand different things you can download. Uh, probably not a thousand. That is exaggerated, but there's a lot, right? And, uh, and it's, so yeah, come to PartyCenterSoftware.com, sign up for the Academy. It's free. And then just, uh, you know, be part of the discussion. Come to our Facebook page. We have uh, a PCS community Facebook page, which, you know, um, you have to ask to join and we let you in. Everybody's in. Uh, and it's just a way to communicate and sometimes commiserate, you know, uh, about stuff. But that's that's really what we want to do is get people to the academy, teach and grow them, and really raise up and and even have them pour into the PCS community Facebook page with their ideas and suggestions on improving business. Because right now we all need uh, we need a little bit of help from everybody to really fine tune, especially in hiring and maintaining staff. There's a thousand. The world has shifted dramatically from two years ago um, on how businesses need to function, and so it's it's causing a lot of uh, um, I think a lot more community, right? People are coming together to try to help each other because there's things that none of us had to do two, three years ago, or we didn't have to do in the way we do now. Uh, so yeah, definitely partycentersoftware.com and then our Facebook uh, PCS community. 
For sure. Well, Scott, thanks so much. We uh, really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. This was such a fun conversation. And I know that with the three of us, we probably could keep this going for several hours, I, I imagine. Uh, but out of respect for your time and for all of those out there listening, uh, once again, we, uh, we thank you so much for joining the podcast. And uh, to everyone out there, just remember, we are all Attraction Pros. Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release. And even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit attractionpros.com.